Trapcast Express. Tradcast Express, it's Friday, April 14th, 2023. The so-called Global Catholic Climate Movement was established in January of 2015 in the Philippines with the support of Cardinal Louis Tagle of Manila. In 2021, it was renamed into Laudato Si Movement, a reference to the name of Francis's encyclical on the environment issued on May 24, 2015. According to the official website at laudatosimovement.org, its values include faith, spiritual transformation, caring for one another, being prophetic, unity in diversity, being in the church and in the world, building bridges, embracing contemplation and action, and living in hope. The Wikipedia entry of the Laudato Si movement notes that the organization partners with the Vatican Dicastery for Integral Human Development to convene various global initiatives to raise awareness and spark Catholic environmental action. Now, obviously, there's nothing wrong with protecting the environment. We only have one planet, and we ought to take care of it in a reasonable fashion, not exploit it and leave a wasteland for the future generations. However, despite its claims, the Laudato Si movement is not actually a Catholic movement, because Catholics who want to help the environment will always subordinate temporal concerns, however legitimate in themselves, to eternal spiritual considerations. The Laudato Si movement, on the other hand, does the exact opposite. Not only are they not interested in the salvation of souls, they want to create heaven on earth, and they admit it, too. Three days ago, the official YouTube channel of the Laudato Si movement released a video with the title, We are not here to go to heaven, we are here to create heaven on earth. Yeah, they they actually said that. The video is a 13-minute interview with one Patrick Carolyn, who is a co-founder of the movement and the former executive director of the Franciscan Action Network. At the end of the conversation, Carolyn says this. Uh, My view, and I've written a lot about this, is Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't come to die on the cross um, to save us from our sins. God didn't need to send somebody to die to save us from our sins. And so, and this, by the way, is not coming from me. This is coming from Bonaventure and Francis and Jonathan Scotus. I'm just kind of borrowing their words. And um, so if, if he didn't come to die on the cross, why did he, what was the purpose of the incarnation? And the purpose of the incarnation would be to create heaven here, not to build, not to go to heaven, but mm. to create heaven here. And so what we all should be working together mm. on is creating heaven here. Wow. Folks, rarely do you get this candid of a statement of apostasy. What that guy just said was heresy and blasphemy. With those ideas, he has totally abandoned the Catholic religion, Christianity. 
I mean, there is nothing left. Oh, he claims that this was taught by St. Francis, St. Bonaventure, and John Dun Scotus. Yeah, mm-hmm, sure. We can have that debate sometime. It is unbelievable, but if what Patrick Carolyn said there is representative of the whole movement, then these Franciscan climate people have totally perverted the gospel of our blessed Lord, which is all about salvation, about being delivered from sin and going to heaven. And they've twisted and distorted and reduced the mission of our Lord into a naturalistic humanitarianism. When I heard that, I was utterly shocked. Shocked not so much that they believe that, but that they admit it so openly. This is naturalism. This is apostasy. There's nothing Catholic left. God did not become man so that we would have heaven on earth. God became man to deliver us from sin so we could have a happy eternity in heaven. He redeemed us. He purchased us back from the dominion of the devil. God created us ultimately for heaven, to see him face to face. We are called to the beatific vision. We are not called simply to live a few years on earth. What you just heard there is precisely the false gospel that they've been trying to establish through Francis. Now, Francis, Jorge Bergoglio, would never say it that openly, but that is very much what he has been gradually working towards, the gospel of man, where in the end, the only thing that really matters is that you help the needy in their temporal necessities, and the rest what you believe, whether you love God above all things, and so forth, all that is basically irrelevant. It only has significance for Francis insofar as it leads you or incentivizes you to acts of charity, corporal works of mercy towards your neighbor. That is Bergoglio's gospel of man. And that is what all this human fraternity stuff is about that he's been talking about since 2020. And that's why he can say that to him it matters more that a child get an education than that it be a Catholic education. That's why Bergoglio can say that being a Christian isn't about adhering to a doctrine. And that's why he now places the greatest emphasis on human fraternity and leaves religious questions aside on the grounds that we are all united in our common humanity. Our religious differences, or what he euphemistically calls our various religious traditions, oh well, those will always be there. In fact, they're necessary because they're an enrichment to humanity that is willed by God. And we just somehow all worship the same God anyway. So we can just transcend all that by focusing on living together in liberty, equality, fraternity. It is a Freemason's dream come true. That is the false gospel of man, and it is diametrically opposed to the true gospel of our blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which is supernatural in essence. 
You want to invest your body and soul, your entire being in this life, in this world? Go right ahead, but you will lose. For he that will save his life shall lose it, and he that shall lose his life for my sake shall find it, says our Lord in Matthew 16, 25. And likewise, our Lord says, And I say to you, my friends, be not afraid of them who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you shall fear. Fear ye him who after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say to you, fear him. That's Luke chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. And in Galatians 6, 8, St. Paul tells us, For what things a man shall sow, those also shall he reap. For he that soweth in the flesh, of the flesh also shall reap corruption. But he that soweth in the spirit, of the spirit shall reap life everlasting. And also, in his second epistle, Pope St. Peter teaches that this world, as it is now, will eventually be destroyed by God. He writes, But the day of the Lord shall come as a thief, in which the heavens shall pass away with great violence, and the elements shall be melted with heat, and the earth and the works which are in it shall be burned up. That's Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. So, investing in this world as the point of your existence is not a terribly good idea. In fact, let me mention three more important scripture passages that establish that. Our Lord told us very clearly where our treasure should be, and it's not in this world. He said, Sell what you possess and give alms. Make to yourselves bags which grow not old, a treasure in heaven which faileth not, where no thief approacheth nor moth corrupteth. That's Luke chapter 12, verse 33. Then St. Paul writes to the Colossians, Therefore, if you be risen with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Mind the things that are above, not the things that are upon the earth. That's Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. And St. John the Apostle warns of the false prophets of Antichrist, saying, They are of the world, therefore of the world they speak, and the world heareth them. That's 1 John chapter 4, verse 5. In 1910, Pope St. Pius X published an apostolic letter suppressing the French Catholic social movement known as Le Sion, Sionism, that's S-I-L-L-O-N, Sionism, because it was putting forward ideas that were not compatible with Catholicism and actually distorted the supernatural gospel of our Lord. Ask yourself if this doesn't sound familiar. Quote, We wish to draw your attention, venerable brethren, to this distortion of the gospel and to the sacred character of our Lord Jesus Christ, God and man, prevailing within the Sion and elsewhere. As soon as the social question is being approached, 
It is the fashion in some quarters to first put aside the divinity of Jesus Christ and then to mention only his unlimited clemency, his compassion for all human miseries, and his pressing exhortations to the love of our neighbor and to the brotherhood of men. True, Jesus has loved us with an immense, infinite love, and he came on earth to suffer and die so that gathered around him in justice and love, motivated by the same sentiments of mutual charity, all men might live in peace and happiness. But for the realization of this temporal and eternal happiness, he has laid down with supreme authority the condition that we must belong to his flock, that we must accept his doctrine, that we must practice virtue, and that we must accept the teaching and guidance of Peter and his successors. Further, whilst Jesus was kind to sinners and to those who went astray, he did not respect their false ideas, however sincere they might have appeared. He loved them all, but he instructed them in order to convert them and save them. While, whilst he called to himself in order to comfort them, those who toiled and suffered, it was not to preach to them the jealousy of a chimerical equality. Whilst he lifted up the lowly, it was not to instill in them the sentiment of a dignity independent from and rebellious against the duty of obedience. Whilst his heart overflowed with gentleness for the souls of goodwill, he could also arm himself with holy indignation against the profaners of the house of God, against the wretched men who scandalized the little ones, against the authorities who crushed the people with the weight of heavy burdens without putting out a hand to lift them. He was as strong as he was gentle. He reproved, threatened, chastised, knowing and teaching us that fear is the beginning of wisdom and that it is sometimes proper for a man to cut off an offending limb to save his body. Finally, he did not announce for future society the reign of an ideal happiness from which suffering would be banished, but by his lessons and by his example, he traced the path of the happiness which is possible on earth and of the perfect happiness in heaven, the royal way of the cross. These are teachings that it would be wrong to apply only to one's personal life in order to win eternal salvation. These are eminently social teachings, and they show in our Lord Jesus Christ something quite different from an inconsistent and impotent humanitarianism. Unquote. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Pope St. Pius X from his apostolic letter, Notre Charge Apostolique which is sometimes given in its English translation, which means Our Apostolic Mandate, and that was issued in 1910. Whoever would appeal to the gospel to justify a naturalism that concerns itself with creating heaven on earth rather than going to heaven by means of the way of the cross is distorting the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ and the very purpose of his incarnation. There is only one true gospel, and it's clearly not the one preached by Francis and his fraternal climate religion. Trapcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. 
Check us out at tradcast.org. And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novusordowatch.org slash donate. Thank <laughs> you.